Welcome to Secrets, the recent winner of the Black Podcasters Listeners Love Award, where KP and PR share their knowledge and experiences in corporate America to advocate for creating generational wealth for the village. Here's how our listener describes Secrets. Keith and Ricky talk about everything in the workplace and beyond that you've always wanted to know about but never really felt comfortable asking. From microaggressions to being your authentic self to systemic racism, KP and PR provide some of the most excellent career advice on the market. And in season six, these brothers will continue coming with hot fire on how to stay on code and trying to reach and exceed your career aspirations, how to use your power and privilege for good, and how to survive the same old corporate performative acts. Your hosts, Keith Powell and Ricky Robinson, want to challenge you, as well as corporate America, to be better and do better. So fill up those cups and welcome to season six. Ricky, my friend, what's going on? Good to see you. Man, nice seeing you too, man. And welcome to season six of Secrets. We didn't even think it was going to get crazy. this far, man. It's crazy. <laughs> it's we didn't think we were going to get there. But we still got stuff to talk about, Keith. You know, look, you and I are excited, man, just to be able to bring another season of hot fire, lava. Yes, <laughs> you know yes, what I mean? that's right. It's just a lot has gone down since we wrapped season five, right? Like, it, it we has. normally don't take this much of a break. No, you know, but we don't. We've been trying to, like, really just, you know, put this stuff into context and yep. figure out, you know, how to even speak about it. The storm of the century here in California. Crazy. The rain just won't stop. It will not stop. We got snow in the Oakland Hills. You know, we <laughs> got craziness. snow in all kind of places over Climate here, change right? ain't real, y'all. Exactly. <laughs> it's a hoax, okay? We got mass shootings to start out the Lunar New Year. You know, things yeah. that you just wouldn't even think about. The changing of the guard in the House of Representatives and the ensuing shits and shenanigans That's that right. happens That's as already. a result. Oh, my God. You know, That's crazy as a, as already. A yeah, as a result, you know. And then we have massive, like, layoffs at tech companies. You know, excuses of why we need to do the layoff to begin with. We'll touch on it at another time. And just those damn cops in Memphis, That man. was crazy. That was like, crazy. Look, like my grandmother used to say, KP... What in the H-E-L-L is going on up in here? <laughs> what is going on? 2023 has started off rough, y'all. Yeah. It, it is crazy. Uh -huh. it, it's crazy. It's hard to believe that we're already a quarter of the way through this one, but it may not be able to end fast enough if it's going to be like this. But I'm going to just say that murder in Memphis by those cops was disgusting and mind-boggling. It was just like your grandmother said, what is going on? <laughs> Right? Yeah, up in here. Up in here. <laughs> up in here. That's right. This season, we'll be talking about getting on code as leaders, right? We'll talk about what that means later. But these cops set the revolution back like 30 years with their mess. Yeah, and it's probably like, you know, setting the revolution back is an understatement. It was probably a hundred years, hundred you know, years. when you really think about it, especially when you just take a moment and just process like all of the events that took place in Memphis alone, mm -hmm. okay, that were and continue to be foundational to the civil rights movement. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I mean, mm -hmm. let's just think about like the 1968 sanitation workers strike. It started in Memphis. Sure did. With sure over did. like 1,300 black workers demanding better working conditions and higher pay. Like yep. that's getting on code right there. Yep. 1,300 folks. That's I mean, right. and at that point, it was a lot at stake. A lot right? at stake. A lot, a lot putting at risk, you know, by doing that. Then you think about the Lorraine Motel is the place where MLK was assassinated. Yeah. And now it's the centerpiece for the National Civil Rights Museum. That's in Memphis. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, and lastly, 
I'd be out of place if I failed to mention how history just continues to build upon history with the famous Memphians, mm-hmm. you know, who sacrificed and gave so much to make Memphis what it is today. Like the late Isaac Hayes, mm. Aretha Franklin, mm. Ida B. Wells Barnett, mm-hmm. and Benjamin Hooks. Yeah. I mean, I'm just yeah. na- look, it was a ton of them There's out a there. Ton of them, but, but I'm just naming those a names. Few. Those names right there. A, say enough. A few alone right there, right? When you think about what they did. So to your point, KP, those cops disregarded all of the blood, sweat, and tears shed from our ancestors by going out there and showing out. Yeah, showing out. Showing they and those knucklehead cops. I mean, and just like them, there are so many people in powerful roles who just can't get their stuff together. Right, right. right. And or just won't do the right thing mm-hmm. at the end of the day. They can't get on code, right? Which leads us to today's conversation and leads us to the kickoff of season six. Right, right. right. So, you know, today in our episode, we'll define what it means to be on code, what that means, and share examples of what being on code looks like and doesn't look like. We'll provide you some receipts on the importance of being on code, and then we'll close out by providing four secrets on how to get on code and stay there. Mm, mm, mm. So look, KP, this is deep. Yes. Okay, like this yeah. is this, this is real deep, and you know how you and I feel about this. And I know some people always come up to us and like, I mean, y'all always seem like you're just over the top. That's right. You know, like, <laughs> I mean, it's like, do you always got to talk about this type of stuff, right? Yes. And and, and <laughs> we have a platform. Mm-hmm. Okay, we have a following. Mm-hmm. We have a responsibility. Absolutely. Okay, so let's start out by defining for our people. Yes. You know, the village exactly what we are referring to when we use the term. Getting on code. Yeah. So my definition, our shared definition, is one of gaining alignment within our village. Yes. Okay. Now, this alignment for me encompasses our collective thoughts with respect to navigating the twists and the turns in corporate America. And look, we got five previous seasons of talking about those twists and turns. Yes. Okay. And that continues, and those twists and turns, they continue to marginalize black people and other underrepresented groups. Mm -hmm. Okay. Aligning on the life choices that negatively impact our ability to claim and achieve the generational wealth that is due to us. Yeah. There's not one time when you've seen us on TV, on another show, you know, on another platform well, we're not talking Talk about, about generational wealth. That's right. Okay. Yep. It might get tiring to some folks because they got it. Right. Sure. But the people sure. who ain't got it. That's right. They want you to keep talking about we it. We go keep talking about it. That's <laughs> okay. right. Okay. <laughs> I mean, and most of all, the decisions and actions that compromise the very fabric and the honor that we share within our core village values. This is what we're talking about, the impact of being on code. This is why we're talking about it because there's not one example that we can come up with where being on code didn't do us justice. Yeah, for sure, for <laughs> sure, for sure. That was a mouthful, PR. <laughs> I, I, know I know it was a lot to unpack there for the people. And in my mind, to translate what you just said, it's basically like acting right, mm-hmm. giving back, bringing others along, fighting for change. You know, that's kind of it. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what being on code is and being in solidarity around those things. And that's what we're going to be focusing on in season six. 
right? That's the thing, y'all. If y'all wondering, that's it. <laughs> Getting on code. And we're going to share our thoughts and play episodes about being on code. And we're going to have our usual hot fire guests who's going to share their experiences as well. Some hot ones, too. Some, 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 right. some hot ones. Right. Absolute hot ones. So, KP, let's just spend some time providing just a few examples of what being on code looks like and doesn't look like. Mm-hmm. Okay? You started out by kind of talking about the Memphis Cops. Yeah, we're going to keep going. And, and I hate to even call these skin folk, kin folk. I mean, I hate to even put the word cops on there, but they really yes. rose up a lot, you yes. know, when it's there, right? Mm-hmm. So, beating the life out of a young brother. Mm-hmm. Is not on code. It's not on code. Okay. It is not on code. Nope. Like on no day. Nope. Okay. Is that on code, right? <laughs> what you should be doing is establishing relationships within the community, getting to know everyone, mm-hmm. building trust. Yep. Walking them streets. Yeah. I mean, you know what? It's plenty of people that we call auntie and uncle mm-hmm. who ain't blood related. A blood related. That's <laughs> you right. Know what I'm saying? Exactly. It's plenty of people who said, "Hey, what you doing over there?" Mm-hmm. And you got to answer the question. Right. You know, it ain't you coming at them crazy? Like this is what happens, like in the village, advocating for change. You know, within the police department and serving as a model within the community. That's being on code as a a police officer. Exactly. Black and brown cops should be bringing others like them into the profession to help dismantle all of the racism and inequitable treatment. That is well documented. We like, know. like we're not making shit we're up. Not making it up. <laughs> we see it every day. We just seen the videos. Yeah. We just seen the news reports. All of it. Yeah. You know, you got so many departments that are still under federal jurisdiction because they right. can't get it right. Right. And again, this is we're talking like stuff's been happening before the cell phone. Yes. Like oh, happening well before. before the smartphone. Yes. Before be- be- probably before phones. <laughs> Like, folks, things have been happening. We can take it all the way back. All the way back in terms of this. You know, another element of getting on code is about giving back, right? Mm-hmm. And as leaders, we have to give back, you know. And just giving dollars, that's a step, but it's not enough. You know, a lot of us will write a small check or show up at a fancy gala mm-hmm. anytime just to show out. But that's not what giving back is. Right. At the end of the day, it's really putting in the sweat to get the job done. You mm-hmm. know, we need to be on boards. We need to be on nonprofit boards. We need to mentor people. We got to be visible. Yeah. Right. That's all part of giving back because there's a perception out there that people of color do not invest, that we don't invest in our communities. And that's absolutely false. Yeah. But there are some <laughs> examples of where we need to do more. Well, we need to okay. do more. That's and, right. And if we're talking specifically here now, we're talking about one of our former Secrets Village members here. Yes. Barbara. Mm -hmm. Barbara Lee. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. That's right. We need to be getting on code and helping that sister get in that office. That's right. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Because, I mean, you got her two opponents who've raised millions of dollars and she got $50,000 in a check account. They've raised millions of dollars and ain't done a quarter of the shit she's done. Not at all. Not at all. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Getting on call is getting getting his sister in that office. And getting behind it. That's right. Exactly. Knocking on doors. The the, the same way that people have done getting behind idiots to get them in office. Mm -hmm. Why don't we get behind somebody that can actually do the job? That's right. Who's been doing the job for decades. For decades. That's right. And, you know, this whole narrative about we don't give back, again, is false. And we have to, as leaders of color, we have an extra responsibility to do these things, right? And not to brag, but I know you and I, we serve on a lot of boards. We mentor dozens of people Mm -hmm. and we write. (laughs) 
checks, <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. You know, I know we both probably give 5%, 10% of our gross salary every year to something. We're not talking about tithing either. That's right. Like, You're not tithing. That's tithing. right. That's <laughs> right. It's not going to the church. It's going to like help communities. Yeah, absolutely. Help our people, right, at the end of the day. So that's the giving back piece. That's the being on code. It's not just writing a check. It's not showing up at the mm-hmm. fancy party to show out. It's really putting your foot in it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Look, we all got designer this and name brand that, mm-hmm. you know. And again, going to the events, being invited is important, but it's actually helping them grassroots efforts, right. mm-hmm. you know, are important too. I mean, for me, I think you know my frustration, yes. you know, when it comes to like when a leader gets in position, you know, or they have the power to influence, mm-hmm. like they have a responsibility to do that. So for me, it's about advocating when you're in the room. Yes. Okay. Now, as leaders who have been in the room, when decisions are being made about potential reductions in force or rifts, mm-hmm. you know, as they call them, yep. or layoffs. Yeah, yeah. Like, we have been in the room we have to been. be able to influence whether or not this department is adding value, yep. whether this individual People's is adding value, value yep. rather than talk about a severance package for an individual, we should probably be talking about redeploying yeah. this yep. individual, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Oftentimes, we get in these meetings and nobody speaks up. Nobody says a thing. And you're the only one that's saying something. So now it's like, oh, you're only over advocating for the black people. That's right. You're only doing this for the brown people. Mm -hmm. But you're trying to do the right thing, right? Mm -hmm. So we've been in those rooms, okay? Or when there's a discussion about succession planning Mm -hmm. and who's next in line to get a promotion or to get that coveted stretch assignment. Yep. Right? Been in the room. Been in the room. You've been there. So being on code is using your power, influence, and your voice to advocate for those who are not in the room and do not have a voice. Yes, that's right. <laughs> okay? like that's it, it. As simple as that may sound. <laughs> Say that again. Yeah. I mean, it's like using your power, influence, and your voice to advocate for those who are not in the room and do not have a voice. That's being on code. Boom. Okay? This is what it means to send the elevator back down to bring someone else up from the village. Mm-hmm. Okay? That's right. The elevator is not under repair. Nope. Okay. <laughs> the elevator exists yes, and you does. can do it. And you can do it. And you have to do it. Absolutely. Because nobody else is going to do it. Absolutely. At the end of the day. All of this, I pulled myself up by my bootstraps. Not both of them. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Which brings us to mentoring and sponsoring because yep. ain't nobody done it on their own mm-hmm. at the end of the day, right? And why mentoring and sponsoring folks is really important. And you know, we've talked about this infinitum for five seasons mm-hmm. now, right? And black people and people of color in general truly understand and believe in mentorship at the end of the day. We get it. We know how important it is. So to be on code, more of us need to move to sponsorship at the end of the day. We got to put our necks out there a little bit. As Ricky just mentioned, we have to advocate in the room, put our reputations on the line for a few people and put them on our succession plans. Mm -hmm. Right. Because you got to look in the mirror, too. If you ain't doing it, why are you going to expect somebody else to do it? Right. Right, exactly. at the end of the day. So if you're a BIPOC person and don't have a diverse team, don't have team members that you are grooming for better things, or sitting in your chair not helping the next generation of leadership, then you need to like reevaluate what's going on. Mm -hmm. Why are you here? Exactly. What are you doing? You're setting us back. And look, I get it. At the end of the day, you're trying to pay a couple bills. You're trying to get your shit right. You know, like, I get that. 
I yes. absolutely get that. Right. But there's a way. There's a way. <laughs> there's there's a, way a way to do it. Have longevity. That's right. Have credibility within the village, mm-hmm. you know, and again, think about how you got there. That's right. Exactly right. So being that type of person, you're not on code. And Ricky and I have both been in the room with other BIPOC colleagues and seeing them disparage or not speak up for other BIPOC members on their team mm-hmm. or other people within the organization that they know. Sometimes they don't even speak up for their mentees. Right, right. <laughs> right. And it's like, this is crazy. And especially when you know that they're as equally or more qualified than the others being discussed in the room yeah. for all these opportunities. It's criminal. It's criminal. Like, it, it actually is criminal. Like when, like when you know. When you know. Okay. This is controversial, but we talk about people like being allies and we get so upset when the white man or the white woman, you know, had an opportunity to like help us or Mm -hmm. to speak up on your behalf and and they don't do it. Now we mad. We put posts out. We get thousands of likes. Yeah, we're doing everything. But what about when you do that to yourself? Do you do it to your own people? Like, well, that don't count. That's different. That's different. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. That's right. You know, the they didn't have their shit right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It's the same thing. That's, that's what we're right. talking about in terms that's of right. getting on code, man. Mm-hmm. Look, now, Keith, I mean, we're talking about, like, again, righting wrongs when you see inequity, you must engage. I mean, this yeah. is the same example we're talking this, about, this right? Is it. That's you right. want them to do it. But when it's faced with you, there's a reason why you don't do it. Right. Okay? Like, that ain't getting on code. <laughs> that right? ain't getting well, on code. Well, Keith, his resume just wasn't right. right. You know, his mouthpiece just wasn't right. Right. You know, like, again, you got to spend the time with Keith to get Keith right. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. He depended on you, <laughs> you know, for that, right? Mm-hmm. But you must engage. I mean, we all know the receipts on pay inequity, promotion rates, lack thereof, yes. okay, leadership representation rates, and bias in hiring. It's out there. It's out there. We already know that. We talked about that. Yeah. We I talk mean, about it all the time. Receipt after receipt. <laughs> this is exactly how we came up with the term receipts. Yes. Okay, exactly. because they're out there, okay? So as a leader, I can't pretend like these issues don't exist. Yes. I can't pretend like these issues don't bother me. Right, exactly. Okay, like I am that dude where like I am turning in Right. To my grandparents. Yep. Okay. Rest their souls. You know, I'm turning into my grandparents where my tolerance level yep. is real low for BS. Yes, it okay? is. Okay. Mm-hmm. And again, so acting like it doesn't exist, again, we're talking about that's criminal. I need to lean into understand my organization's data yep. and then do everything I can to correct the situation. Absolutely. I mean, for us, yep. you as an HR executive, me as a finance executive, yep. We have no excuses. None. 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 Of Not being able to like take care of some of this And it shit. ain't going to be popular. Just call it out. Like we know at the end of the day, we are probably not the majority when it comes to having a platform, yeah. having followers, all mm-hmm. of this stuff. And we're talking about the unspoken secrets. Yes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like we're talking about those things that aren't very popular. So it's not going to make us popular. Right. So what we're talking about in terms of getting on code is... If people want to hear about this stuff, mm-hmm. we need them to be loud and saying they want to hear about it. Yes, that's you know right. What we saying? do. Like, that's really what it is. <laughs> we we sure do. We sure do. Yeah, right these wrongs. That's been a mission of mine for a little while now, especially since I, you know, once you start to get the chief title, you got to take care of yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. You got to take care of it and try and figure it out and be curious enough to want to fix it because mm-hmm. you know what's out there. And the last thing about being on code is just simply doing the right thing. Right. You know, it's already hard enough for people of color. So being slick is not the answer. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And 
in California, everybody has a side hustle, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody has a side hustle. That's just like part of the culture. It's a part of what you got to do when the cost of living is growing at, 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 the cost at, of living, at right? five to seven percent. <laughs> That's right. And you're lucky if you get a three percent increase. Exactly. You got to figure something out. You got to figure something out. But what you can't do is cross the lines and double dip and tie up your side hustle with your day job. Yeah. It just it gets messy. Yep. It's sloppy. It's not being on code, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And so you know, I can remember a sales guy I used to work with, and he had a side hustle, mm-hmm. but he liked taking the customer data and the emails oh, and God. stuff, yeah, and like <laughs> using that to like pitch people with a side hustle. And it's like you can't do that. Yeah, no. Nah, you know what they used to call that when I was growing up, Keith? They used to call that dirty macking. <laughs> okay, that's. <laughs> Dirty macking, man. Like, how you gonna take a gift that you got from your girlfriend right. and try to give it to somebody else that you court? All right. Like, that's dirty macking, <laughs> man. Right. You can't do that. Exactly. And so when you do that, I mean, you set the revolution back. Yeah. You just like the cops, you're setting it back, right? It makes us all look bad and it reinforces all them stereotypes mm-hmm. and all those unconscious biases that other people hold. So, again, being on code is being stand up. Being true to it, being yep. true to the game. Yep. You know what I mean? That's like, right. Keith, I mean, I think like the impact, you know, of this is like big. What does that mean to you in terms yeah, of Yeah, I mean, for me, it's like someone being on code versus someone who is like just sitting there and doing nothing and yep. protecting the status quo. The difference between those two things can make a huge difference in somebody's life, right? Yep. yep. At the end of the day. So that's why I see all of this. Yeah. And look, I said it earlier where I think this is like, you know, not being on code is damn near criminal. Yes. Okay. Yep. So being on code requires intention. It does. You got to do this on purpose. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if it's in your DNA, you ain't trying. You ain't you know trying. What I'm saying? Right. Like, it just it's, happens. It's, yeah. But it's also critically necessary if we want to disrupt the status quo. And again, I'm not saying everybody needs to get a podcast. Or everybody needs to no. post something controversial. There are a million things you can do, yes. you know, to be on code in terms of within the village, making sure that we go back to our definition earlier, mm-hmm. making sure that everything that you do is dedicated to being on code and trying to do the right thing. That's right. Because if I win... That's we, right. We all win. We all win. Basically, we should probably be thinking about even changing secrets to run tell that. You know what I'm saying? Because when we get it, we're going to run, tell, run and tell everybody. Tell everybody. We're going to tell everybody. Right. That's, right. That's, that's exactly what it is. That's what man. we do on this podcast. So, we, but look, I mean, again, I know people hear us. And, and if you're new to the show, to the format, like I know y'all are like, man, they up here clowning. And they coming up with stuff. And they're sensationalizing things, you know. Well, this is the part of the show when we kind of dip into the receipts. Yep. We let you know that there's validation to what we're talking about. So in today's, you know, receipts, we're going to share some receipts on the importance of being on code. Yes. Okay, so we're not just making this not up. Not making it up. So KP, hit us with receipt number one, brother. Yeah, and we talked earlier about the importance of mentoring and sponsoring folks, mm-hmm. right? And according to the research report called The Mentoring Effect, Young People's Perspective on the Outcomes and Availability of Mentoring, 76% of at-risk young adults who had a mentor aspire to enroll in and graduate from college versus 56% of at-risk youth who had no mentor. Mm, That's a big delta. That's a huge delta. Just doing that makes a difference. At-risk young adults with mentors are also more likely to be enrolled in college than those without a mentor, Mm -hmm. 45% versus 29%. And despite these positive outcomes, 
the survey showed that 34% of all youth and 37% of at-risk youth report they've never had an adult mentor of any kind while they were growing up. Nationwide, that means almost 16 million young people, including 9 million at-risk youth, will reach the age of 19 without ever having a mentor. Didn't we talk about like each one teach one? Or as our brother said last season, (laughs) each one teach many? You teach many. That's right. This is what we're talking about right here. This is being on code is helping these young people out because it can be life changing. Yeah. That's a huge delta that shows success. You know, the probability of success in having a mentor versus not. Yes, absolutely. Because it can be said that teaching an old dog new tricks is almost... Yeah. Impossible. It's almost impossible. That's but right. But you're doing this at a young age. At a young age. That's right. We're showing you. We're talking about the success here. Yeah. Receipt number two. The same report showed that at-risk young adults with a mentor are more likely to report participating regularly in sports or extracurricular activities. And specifically, we're saying 67% of at-risk youth with mentors compared to 37% of those without a mentor. Yeah. And again, why is this important? Because... Kids who play sports and have extracurricular activities, one, they stay out of trouble. Yep. Two, they're building a resume to get into college. Mm-hmm. You know, and three, it's like it helps with their mental and physical health. Absolutely. I've been clear right. about this, and I have no dreams of grandeur. Without sports, mm-hmm. without sports, I would not be where I am today. Yeah. I promise you that. Like mm-hmm. we're talking about you either banging crip or blood when yep. I'm growing up, right? Yep. But because I was busy with sports. Because I was busy with sports, I had other people who also had similar interests yes. who I was around. But the cats in the neighborhood knew, hey, he, yeah, he, he trying to do something. Yeah, like, he trying hey, to do something. Leave him alone. Yeah, yeah. Leave him alone. <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. But again, it was because of that I was introduced to being able to be in AAU, You know, whether to be in track or basketball and go to different places. Mm-hmm. I was able to go to college you know, uh, campuses and meet you know, other people. I was able. That got me into school. Yeah. Yeah, had it not been for it. that, man, I mean, who knows? It's nothing wrong with being a blue collar worker, but had it not been for that, right? I was destined for that. You were destined perhaps, for that. Yep. Or something <laughs> potentially. That's right. Something even worse. A stronger possibility, at least. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. Right. But again, I think that statistic is huge. And at risk young adults with a mentor are more likely to hold a leadership position in a club, sports team, school council. Or another group. That's 51% versus 22%. Of those who don't have That's crazy. Yes. Dude, I was the class president (laughs) at a white school. Yeah, I mean, I had so many leadership roles. It was crazy. Captain of the team. You know, the football team. The track. Like, all of those types of things. But I didn't know at that time, you know, how important it was. But I also had people who had done it before me. Yes. You know, who would say, hey, this is important. Right? And at-risk young adults with a mentor are more likely to volunteer regularly in their communities, 48% versus 27%. Exactly. That's the virtuous cycle. It really is. Right. It really that's is. Like, and that's kind of like the basis of the foundation of why so many black people join Greek letter organizations and mm-hmm. whatnot, too. Like, mm-hmm. there is something to be said for if you are involved in X, yes. then there's a probability that you will continue on. Yeah, absolutely. That's right. Continue down the path. And we talked also earlier about giving back, mm-hmm. giving money. Yep, yep. <laughs> right? And wanted to kind of kill the perception, mm-hmm, <laughs> if you mm-hmm. will, that black folks don't give money. And so according to the W.K. Kellogg Foundation, black folks give 25% 
more of their income annually than white households. Mm. And nearly two-thirds of African-American households donated to organizations and causes. Two-thirds, totaling $11 billion. And we're not even talking about the pay disparity. That's yeah. right. That's in right. In spite of. In spite of. We still. That's right. So that's how you probably should have started that receipt. In spite of, we still. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so in other words, black people are actually the largest group of givers in the country. Mm. Yet when you look at the top 50 donors in the country for 2021, none are black and less than 5% of their donations are to organizations that focus on black people. Oh, God, that is painful. <laughs> that is painful. And we're talking about all of these people that you hear in the news. Right. All of the time from Zuckerberg to crazy ass Elon Musk, you know what I'm saying? And I'm just being honest when I'm saying, you know, as much as we want to sit here and drive a Tesla, we want to talk about all these great things that they're doing. There is the absence of them taking advantage of an opportunity to give back even more. Right. Give to where it's needed. Exactly. As opposed to where you want it to Mm -hmm. go. Where it's going to benefit you the most. Exactly. But this is, I mean, what we're talking about, this is exactly why we have to be on code. Yep. Right. It's true that we don't have the generational wealth as black people maybe donate at that similar level as the top 50. There's a few of us that do. Yep. yep. <laughs> right. But we all can do whatever we can and give as much as we can, whether it's money or our sweat, uh-huh. uh, because it all matters. And there are statistics that show how much we, you, know, you talked about the donating, yep. but we talked about in terms of the actual cost of the dollar, like how much we spend in the economy. Mm-hmm. We can influence. We can influence. You know, the sum total. I'm going to buy your product, but I'm going to need you to do X. Yes, exactly. We do this every day. Somebody asks you to borrow some money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They ask you to borrow money right. every day. And it's like, okay, I'm going to give you the money, but I'm going to need you to do I'm, X. I'm going to need you to do this. Okay? That's right. And if you don't do X, you, you can't get, borrow no more that's money. That's right. That's right. You ain't getting no more. <laughs> you that's can't right. borrow no more money. Right? right? We didn't cut all kind of people off. It's the same concept as we're talking about being on code here. So look, Keith, we didn't spend a lot of time you know, talking about how we feel about it, giving them some examples, which are legitimate, okay? Mm-hmm. And we're going to wear y'all out this season, okay? But yep. we've also started talking about the receipts. Like, we're not making this stuff up. That's right. But we want to focus right now on, like, the secrets, okay? What you can do to be able to impact, you know, these things, right? So today we're going to provide four secrets on how to get on code and stay here. And yeah, stay there. That's okay? Right. That's this right. is the main thing. So number one, Don't drink the Kool-Aid, okay? (laughs) Number two, put your people on the elevator, okay? Number three, engage. Mm -hmm. And number four, speak for the voiceless, okay? So, Keith, secret number one, man, what does this mean to you in terms of don't drink the Kool-Aid? Don't drink the Kool-Aid. Ricky, we all know it's easy, especially in corporate America, it's easy to get caught up in the golden handcuffs. It really is. And think about it. Like, I don't know if a lot of y'all, I know we got a lot of young listeners but Kool-Aid used to be good. It used to be good. Kool-Aid used to be good, man. You get that black cherry, That's or right. you get that red. <laughs> that red fruit punch. Yeah, yeah, that great. Like, that it great. was good. Was it was good. That's right. But just like that, you get the golden handcuffs, or you get mm-hmm. caught up in the messaging, yep. or you get caught up in the power and privilege dynamics that come with being the big wig, mm-hmm. being the big dog, being mm-hmm. the chief, being the senior director, whatever it is. But don't forget where you came from. Mm-hmm. Don't forget. Because it's important to be part of the solution to dismantle the inequitable systems mm-hmm. and provide opportunity for those that are coming behind you, right? That's what being on code looks like. So don't, like all them flavors, 
that you were just talking about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, don't, don't, yeah, don't fall for the Jedi mind don't trick and fall be like, oh, for this, it. that's right. This is so good. This, that's right. You know it. They done done something behind your back. You ain't because right. you've been drinking the Kool Aid. Been drinking the Kool Aid. You've missed your opportunity to impact change. Yes, okay? absolutely. Look, secret number two: put your people on the elevator. Ooh. Okay, I know this sounds cliche-ish, but it's so true. Black people in other BIPOC communities are keenly aware of how hard it is to get into positions of power and drive change. And how hard it is, I know there is a certain asterisk or a fear of not losing, yes. you know, your position. Yes, you know, there. that's right. Therefore, it's critical that as you move up the ladder, you bring someone along with you. Yeah, yeah. Okay? You got to teach them what you know, give them the secrets, all of that all type of stuff, stuff. right? That mentorship and sponsorship will be the most effective ways of creating opportunity for the next level of leadership. Absolutely. As we bring one up the elevator, and we ask that the ones we help bring another along, right? Yes, because that's right. That's, you know, people are like, oh, how can I pay you? How can I repay you? You've helped me so much. I'm like, that's right. yeah, there's going to be somebody else who's somebody like else. you. You pick up the torch and bring. And you're going to have to help them out. You know, we can, we can name. <laughs> Countless folks, even mm-hmm. before we started the executive coaching service. Absolutely. You know, and this is what we all ask people to do is when it's your turn, yep. we're asking you to get somebody right. Yeah, that's exactly it. Secret number three, you just gotta engage. Yeah. You gotta get involved. You gotta drive for change in your workplace, drive for change in your community, drive for change at the state, federal, local level of government. That's what you got to do. But Keith, I'll be so tired though, man. After doing everything they tell me to do and I got to take care of these kids and I got to do this, I'm going to do it when I get some time. Struggle is real. You got to be engaged (laughs) right now. (laughs) Every day, all the things. Just imagine if our grandparents and great-grandparents said they were tired. Yeah. Where would we be today? I'm hungry. I'm going to feed you later. Right. (laughs) So, (laughs) So we ain't got time to be tired. And at minimum. At the very minimum, you got to get your ass out there and vote. Yeah. At minimum. At minimum. Yeah. That's the minimum level of engagement Mm. that you got to have, which is ridiculous. That's all you're doing. And it's even more important. And we've talked about this before. It's even more important that you vote in local and state elections because that's where the stuff really happens. Congress and the president have very little impact on your daily life. But local politicians can mess you up (laughs) at -hmm. the end of the day, even at the state level. But- City council matters, the school board matters, the governors matter. I mean, look at all that stuff going down in Florida right now. Mm. I mean, he is flipping that state upside down. And he said, we ain't seen nothing yet. And we ain't seen That's nothing. That's what he said. We haven't seen anything <laughs> we yet. We haven't seen anything yet. Oh. Those people, <laughs> I mean, I don't even want to visit Florida. And I like Florida. And I like Florida. Yeah, don't get I me have wrong. I friends in Florida. Yeah, I like Florida. It's like, yeah. I ain't even coming to see y'all. I'm yeah. sorry. I, yeah. just, I don't even want to be there. Again, Vote, contribute, volunteer, all the things. You got to engage. You got to be involved. I mean, that's just deep on so many other levels that we're yes. going to touch on. That's in right. Terms of we'll being get there. Code. We'll get there. Secret number four, speak for the voiceless. Okay? Again, you are in the room. You're in you the room. You are in the room. Like, it ain't going to be no next time. That's right. It's got to be this time. This time. Like, you got to act and like. every time. <laughs> you got to act like it's the if you don't work, you don't eat mentality. Mm-hmm. Okay? Like, I got to go for mine, you know, right now. When you are in the room, it is your responsibility to speak for those who are not in the room. So few of us are in the room. Like, That's when you right. think about how important it is, like, it ain't a lot of people who look like you. No, not So at all. if you got to change the wording or if you have to, like, massage it, yep. you still got to say Whatever it. Whatever you got to do. You, you still got to say it. It's your responsibility. So 
It's an extra burden to speak up, no matter how uncomfortable it is, it's your job, right? This is unfortunately what it's like to be black in corporate America, yep. to be BIPOC in corporate America. Right. You got to speak up. Even if you don't get the outcomes you desire, by speaking up, you raise the consciousness of those around you and put the organization on notice that you're watching. Yeah. I might get outvoted. Okay? Right, that's right. But at the end of the day, they know what I'm but it, you it, won't might, it might be that's seven right. yays, but it's gonna be one nay. Yep. <laughs> you know what I'm that's saying? Exactly right. I'm not gonna act an ass when I get out at the all hands meeting. It's gonna be kumbaya, but y'all gonna know. That's right. And pretty soon that one nay might turn into two or three nays. That's right. That's exactly right. You know, it right. might be turning into something else. But again, you gotta be a voice for the people, a voice for the voiceless. You gotta be a voice for the people who look like you and aspire to be in that room also. No doubt. No doubt. Those are some real good secrets today. And if you want to find more resources on these secrets and the receipts that we shared, you can go to our website, secrets.com, and look in those show notes because there'll be plenty of information in there for you. Now, look, Keith, man, we're just not going to be playing around in season six. We're not. Like, we're not. like, you know, like I told you, my temperament is getting a little low. <laughs> you know, my BS Your meter. Yeah, yeah, everything. You know, we have some hot fire guests. We're just trying to get everything aligned for you and some provocative topics for you this season, right? I mean, y'all have been writing in yes. and telling us what you want to hear about, you know? So we want to make sure that we keep doing that. Now, Secrets Village just continues to grow because of you, like the listeners, right? Like we are just so appreciative. We're trying to blow it up in 2023 so you can help us out telling five friends. This is like friends helping friends, yep. yeah, right? That's just it. You know, friends helping ask. friends, this right? Tell five friends to listen, Join our LinkedIn group and write a review on Apple or Spotify because trust me, they watching, they listening. We can't divulge all the conversations we're having behind the scene, but they talking to us right now. And just get some of that gear, okay? Get you, get you some gear. Get that gear. And as you know, that coin meter is spinning every day on our website, and we've helped you get over $7 million in compensation increases over the past two years since we started Secrets. We want to get to 50. Yeah. At least 50. It's we doable. Wanna, we want to blow the top off it's this doable. mug, right? It's doable. So if you've been putting off coaching, stop it, right? It's time to invest in yourself and tell a friend also that they mm-hmm. need some coaching. And we have some exciting new partnerships that we'll be announcing soon to give you more tools to boost your career as well as how to have productive conversations around anti-racism mm-hmm. in the workplace. Look, y'all, so we're going to get on code, okay, because we got a different code over here right. in the studio, <laughs> okay? Right. And we got a different code, the kind of code. But we're going to get on code by filling these cups back up and producing some more gems and high fire for you. So Secrets Village, like, honestly, we sincerely just appreciate you. We do. So thanks for tuning in to Secrets. And remember, when we share, you transform. Peace, everybody. Later. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed yet another episode of Secrets. If you are motivated and excited about being a part of the Secrets Village after listening to Keith and Ricky, please show these brothers some love by spreading the word to people that you know need this knowledge. Until next time, cheers.